Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Rachel Johnston and Trent Arkley-Smith from the Australian duo Two If By Sea. We recorded this in a camper trailer on their land in Majors Creek, New South Wales. By the way, thanks for hosting me and the Pitts Family Circus on our way down to Mountain Grass. This episode is sponsored by Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan, my go-to for traditional instruments and accessories. Next time you want to upgrade your instrument or you run out of strings or lose your favorite pick, go stock up at elderly.com. Get Up in the Cool does have sponsors, but it's primarily funded by its listeners. So if you want to keep the show going every week and get rewarded with exclusive bonus content like bonus tracks and banjo workshops and tune downloads, stick around afterwards for the outro and I'll tell you how you can sign up and help. Also, I'll let you know how to stay up to date with 2FYC's music. But first, here's my interview and jam with Rachel Johnston and Trent Arkley-Smith. Enjoy. So, uh, Rachel Johnson Hello. and Trent Arkley-Smith, <laughs> welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Well, thank you for having oh, thanks. thanks. Thanks for um, hosting me in your little caravan, <laughs> your piece of land. And where, where are we? Uh, Majors Creek. Majors Creek. Yeah. New mm. South Wales. That's, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, thanks for hosting us in uh, as we host you in uh, our caravan. Yeah, yeah. this is a mutual hosting. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so, uh, Y'all have a, a band, uh, Two of My C. That's right. Um, the uh, good 
Paul Revere reference. That's where that's from. It right? is, in fact, a Paul mm -hmm. Revere yeah, reference. But yeah. nobody over here, well, very few people know that poem over here. You get, you get the odd person. You get the odd person. Y'all don't talk about Paul Revere over here? Really, no. Not much? <laughs> not too much. Not too much. <laughs> but for us, it kind of ended up being a little bit more of a reference to the idea of um, going the long way around, you know, and enjoying yeah. the scenery, kind of saying, well, if you're going to run around like an idiot as a traveling musician, you better do it because you're enjoying the journey. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> We talked about yeah. the idea, idea of doing it as a, as a larger group at times and, and calling yeah. it more of high fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no. We haven't got the high fee yet. <laughs> so, you know. it, yeah. <laughs> well, no, actually, we've just it's been on tour for yeah. a month almost with two guys from Vienna, which has been great to be a four piece for a while. It's yeah. clock, right? Yeah. yeah. With K's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Clock. clock with K's. Yeah, so we're now, we're back to our duo version for the next couple of months which is yeah. it's nice got some new well, ideas and we're, we're, we're playing at the, uh, the our home festival hometown oh, festival this weekend as a duo but in actual fact the following weekend we do play with another as a quartet with another with another pair of musicians so it's a quartet uh, again so yeah. it's a little bit of an expanding movable yeah. adaptable sure mm. yeah good yeah. and they're like okay you have to learn how to play <laughs> dragonfly yeah. summer exactly. Exactly. but if you if you can do that then you're in <laughs> exactly then you can do anything Oh boy. Um, so that was an original tune? Yeah. Right? That's one, yeah, of, my one of yours, Trent? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's one of my tunes. One of my tunes. I, I wrote it just uh, fairly quickly, really. <laughs> yeah, at a time while I was in, in Vienna, actually, it was summertime. And, um, and, um, and not that much longer after that. I think I hadn't actually finished the tune. I started it there, came back to Australia, and at some point in that time, I finished the tune off. And I was. Yeah back at the farm up near Bathurst and there's a lot of dragonflies that fly around the dams up there. So I remember watching them as a kid, there's all these dragon we used to call them helicopters and they used to fly around and yeah. hover over the water the whole time. Yeah, so such a something in the summertime, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got a little bit of the, the, the grace and the beauty and a little bit of the erratic, unpredictable and mm -hmm. yeah, it yeah. <laughs> captures the <laughs> dragonfly pretty well I think. Yeah. I'll have to show that to Jim Childress. He's a um, big the Road to Malvern. Jim Childress. Uh, I yeah. believe we just played Road yeah, to Malvern. Yeah. He's a uh, many of his tunes that are less well known are uh, Dragonfly. They're all about dragonflies. Oh, really? Different specific really? dragonflies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Check out his dragonfly tunes. Yes. So um, let's play another tune. But then I want to ask you all how you each got into um, playing. <laughs> this kind of music, <laughs> two if I see genre yeah. music, yes. um, and uh, and other genres as well, and then how you met, and things like yeah. that. But uh, let's play oh. something I'm a little more comfortable with. Okay. You want to yeah. play this Red Parade on? Yeah. Sounds like I didn't knock myself too far out of tune. Yeah. Yeah. If you hear a creaking, it's because our caravan is being blown around by an absolutely impressive gale. Mm. Um, this is the before caravan, before, um, you can't see it because, it, oh no, you might be able to see on the accompanying <laughs> video. So yeah. I was going to say, this is before renovation, but it might need more renovation if it gets knocked off yeah. the lot. <laughs> Maybe we should wait. <laughs>
Good to you. Who'd have thought it would come out like that? Who'd have known? Rachel, when did you start playing the cello? Uh, when first I instrument? was, yep, yeah, started playing the cello when I was five. And uh, I started playing, I did a bit of fiddle first, but a bit of yeah. violin. Um, and then changed to cello just because I Is saw Yo Yo Ma on the Muppet Show. You know, have you seen that episode? <laughs> Lots of people will have seen that episode. Yo Yo Ma on the Muppet Show jamming with an owl. I've never actually seen that. That sounds delightful. Gotta check that out. He's yeah. good about that kind of <coughs> he stuff. He is good about yeah. that stuff. And um, of course, that seemed like way more fun than playing the fiddle. Though I have not yet got to play with a muppet, or technically an speaking, or an yes. owl. Yeah. What's holding you? What's holding you back? <laughs> I know. <laughs> just, I know. My there are some, there are some owls beat, around so. here. Yeah. So. yeah. Maybe. Maybe in my future, it's more playing with owls. But um, yeah, changed the cello, and I did Suzuki method when I was yeah. starting out. And this is back in New Zealand. From You're from New Zealand? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, so people have been asking me, can you tell the difference between Australian and New Zealand accents? Uh, and I say, I think I can, although there's been a couple... Mine's a bad example, yeah. Yours a bad. Mine's a bad example because I don't have a very strong accent. Yeah, I've lived away for a long time and it's all a bit messed up. So, okay. Yeah. If I say seven, seven or yeah. you know, sometimes <laughs> it pops out. Yeah. Vegetables, that kind of thing. Yeah. Vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to cook some eggs. <laughs> if you yes, want to check out the, the, the Kiwi accent, you have um, the Hunt for the Wilder Hunt people. for the Wilder people. Oh, so yeah, I've heard of that. That's what you got to watch. We love it. I watched yeah. that, um, what's the vampire one? Yeah, oh, yeah. What We Do in the Shadows. What well, We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. That's fantastic. We'll fly with movies. Yeah. When you eat a sandwich. Yes. See, you're from New Zealand. Sorry, I got real derailed by that. Sorry. 
Yeah, so I'm from New Zealand, and uh, um, there's not, you know, it's, it's a smaller population, so you have to kind of travel further to get teachers, and, and my teacher was herself, she'd been learning the violin for a while, and she was a guitarist, she played guitar, and she played a little bit of double bass, mm. and she was learning the cello, and there were <clears throat> a whole lot of us, I think there was five of us who started cello with her at about the same time, and all of us went on to do tertiary study in cello yeah. classical cello overseas right so she was she was doing something right yeah and um yeah so i went on to do fully classical stuff i went off to university and studied with a couple of mad russians and when i did my masters in london and postgrad at juilliard in new york and then joined a string quartet in germany and uh then played in a classical string quartet for a decade so all time. this time just playing written down on page music well, I couldn't really read music very well until I got to university, okay. and then I had suddenly a crash course in having to read music. Which is that because painful. the Suzuki is so focused on ear it, training? It, it is, in a way, yeah, because I mean, you are, you are supposed to learn to read music, right. um, but I guess, you know, one of the strengths and potentially one of the weaknesses right. of that type of method is, you know, it's the same as, you know, not learning to read. Yeah, early yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. as if you become fluent enough speaking, then reading becomes kind of of secondary satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was playing at a much higher level than I was reading, and my ear at that time was really, really advanced from doing that. So I was I was able to kind of scoot around the edges of getting away with not reading. Yeah. Even in orchestras, I was able to kind of, oh, yeah. you know, oh, I'm just <laughs> writing in the Boeings for the first couple of times until I've learnt the part from listening to the person sitting next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll play. You know, yeah. so you kind of find ways around it and then you get to university and you're playing all this modern music which is not predictable and doesn't sound like anything. Right. And, you know, Stretches your ears. Yeah, you yeah. can't fake it with yeah, kind yeah. of modern music and so I had to learn to read and that was quite painful. Um, but useful, you know, really, really useful, and I think everyone should be able to read the same way I think everyone should be able to read books, you know. Right, um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's one of those things. There's no, there's no better than, they're two different skills, yeah. you know, and you need to develop both. I think people who are only, what does somebody call it? I heard somebody last year refer to it as being a slave to the stave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just as bad, you know. Sure. It's a good expression, I like that. Slave yeah. to the stave. Slave to the It was a drummer, so he was actually mm. literally doing the East Coast, uh, West Coast, yeah. isn't it? West Coast, yeah. Slave to the stave, man. I'm a slave <laughs> to the stave. Anyway. Um, so, did that, but I was doing stuff by ear. Yeah. Not, not, I didn't have much time later on, but I was, you know, I would occasionally sit in with bands. When I was in New York, I did uh -huh. a lot of playing with random singer-songwriters yeah, and sure. random bands just sitting in. And um, and I had, back in the days when they had recording studios in New York, um, there were a few of the little studios that I used to go into because they knew that they could call me when they had somebody who wanted a classical sound but didn't have any notes and was just kind of like, make something up for this! Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really fun. And uh, after a long time playing classical repertoire, playing, you know, Beethoven and Haydn and Shostakovich and all that jazz with the string quartet, I just decided I needed a complete change. And um, when the opportunity came up and that was, you know, I thought, well, I should go and do the folk music thing, which I've always loved and yeah. never really had a chance to dig into all of that alternative stuff. Because mm. you have to dig into it. I think that 
you know, people do it a disservice in the classical world. I think sometimes people do it a disservice by thinking, oh, that's just music for people who don't really play very well. You know, it's just yeah. easy music. <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, I'd like to hear you do it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I, when I made that switch, when I left the quartet that I was playing with at the time and had to kind of decide where I was going to go next, um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to do. And I did just kind of go out and join. Like, I went to every... Irish music night, every mm. Scottish music night, every gypsy jazz night and kind of said, I'm here and I can play the cello but I cannot play your music and yeah. tell me how best to do it and can I, you know, learn and tell me everything. Don't you know, don't hold back and let me know what I'm doing wrong and what I'm doing right and yeah. and I'll sift through that and work out what I actually want to do. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up doing a lot of different styles, but the folk music led me to bluegrass, which I hadn't really done before, I mm. thought. Until I realised that, of course, one of my really early fiddle teachers when I was um, kind of eight or nine in school back in New Zealand was Colleen Trenworth from the Hamilton County Bluegrass Band, and she's over in Tennessee now teaching fiddle, yeah. and she's fantastic. Yeah. And I remembered some fiddle tunes and some Irish tunes that she'd taught at the strings, you yeah. know, when I was back when I was playing cello with the fiddles and that kind of stuff. But I had no idea it was really bluegrass, so it was great to come back to that and then discover all of those tunes that sounded so familiar and mm. yeah, just wonderful. So that's how I got into music. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we should play this. It, is Old Dangerfield, is that a bluegrass tune? It yeah. exactly would be. Yeah. It's, it's written by Bill Munroe. Well, there you go. So it's, yeah. The grandfather <laughs> yeah. of bluegrass. I let's, mean, let's hear if your that's not bluegrass, so I would yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's hear your, your cello interpretation of Blue Grass. Yeah, so we do a slower, groovier version, I think, yeah. um, than a lot of people do. Some cello and some unusually tuned guitar stuff.
Yeah. Bluegrass. Nice laid back that's bluegrass music. music. Yeah, I think that's bluegrass. Well, you never nice really know that. Bluegrass. You never really know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just need to get into G Europe. There's right. no mandolin in there, so it's questionable. Especially as that was a mandolin player who wrote the tune. Adapted bluegrass. I'm a G. That's a little bit of that tuning stuff that you can cut out, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Um, Trent, you're, aren't you also a cellist? Well, it's, it, is, it has, yes, I, well, it is partially true. <laughs> I do play the cello, let's put it that way. Um, he plays it's, cello. It's hard to say whether you call yourself a cellist or not, isn't it? But I suppose. I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, can't, I can't play anything on the cello. I think I managed to get away with it. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's funny that Rachel and I, we've got a pretty similar little bit of a story in the early stages of our musical careers where we both um, dabbled with the fiddle and um, shortly thereafter moved on to the cello. So around mm. about the age of five or six, I also yeah. started on the cello and did the whole... You know, study. I did a little bit of the Suzuki method, but just um, you know, a mix of a mixture of stuff. Because I had a few. I grew up in a in a regional area in New South Wales. Because you're not from New Zealand. I'm not from New Zealand. <laughs> okay, no, okay. no, so we didn't have any Russians. <laughs> and um, I grew so yeah. I grew up in a, in a in a fairly regional part of New South Wales, where um, you know we would sort of get what teachers who had time to come up from Sydney or yeah. to actually spend time there. But the funny thing is you had teachers. a cellist with an absolutely impeccable classical pedigree. I had a great, I did, well, yeah. that, was, that was a little later on, so that was in my teenage years. Yeah. I, I did, I did had, a, I have a, had a wonderful teacher, Anthea Scott Mitchell, who, who now, um, she's up at Newcastle now mm. teaching. But um, yeah, and I think that was from around about the age of 12 or so, I, I studied with her. And prior to that, I'd, I had a few different teachers. Um, who came and went and so on and so forth. So a little bit of Suzuki method, a little bit of just standard classical uh, cello education, um, and then <coughs> and and then I and then so I, I you know I did that for a while and played a little bit of trumpet for a while. But I then yeah I got into playing the guitar when I was <laughs> around about fourteen or so. Was that a like guitar. coming of age like I'm a man thing? It was like I don't yeah. I, I'm gr I'm growing up now. I no longer need to just play the cello. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I, you know, it was that sort of thing. Like, cause you know, I grew up in a very, in a, in a, you know, a family where pretty much the only thing that was ever allowed to be heard in the house was classical music. Oh. My mother was quite a classical dictator. <laughs> which is funny because um, we had all kinds mm, of. Yeah, which I think is great. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, I, no, I think I think it's good to have have variety. Yeah. My dad did. You know, later on in life, I found out that my dad actually had sort of been listening to a bit of bit of other sort of stuff but <laughs> what, what other kind of stuff exposed to it so much well you know even things like my you know one of my he, he used to sing and listen to um stuff like the ink spots and and actually a little bit of uh, country kind of stuff oh, yeah. Yeah. and some some things like that so when, so, so just to clarify earlier you said you grew up in regional new south wales yeah. i believe if i Am I getting this right that when Australians say regional, mm. yeah. what they mean is rural? rural. Yeah. 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 Rural. Yeah. 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 You could go that far. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Rural New South Wales. Yeah. So like um not the outback. Not not the outback but like farm, like yeah. Yeah. land. Yeah. Farmland. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted yeah. to clarify. The bush. So like is was that um 
a lot of people listen to country music in Australia. Yeah. And Australian yeah. Yeah. country and American country, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. maybe that... it is that kind of li- music listened to, especially in that kind of area? Well, in my area, I probably wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, you know, to be really honest, I'm not really sure what kind of you know, music people in that area <laughs> listen to. Because <laughs> you weren't allowed. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that's right. We were f- strictly forbidden. And, yeah. you know, but there I is... I remember, um, you know, when I got into high school and... And, uh, you know, I, had, I met kids who were, they were listening to stuff like ACDC and Iron Maiden and things like that. And, and uh, you know, a kid gave me an ACDC tape, I think it was, cassette. Yeah. And I brought it home. And it ACDC was, is Australian folk yes, music. Yes. I was recently <laughs> found out. Yeah. 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 Great. <laughs> so, you know, that was my first taste of folk music. I yeah. I say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so, so I got into playing the guitar, electric guitar. Yeah. You know, as Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> And um, did you leave the cello behind? Well, not 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 immediately, you know. And before I could actually get a guitar, because I wasn't allowed to have a guitar, so it's the devil's. You, know, you couldn't even play like classical guitar, shoot. I couldn't even play classical guitar because my mother, her her, uh, her sister, had had played classical guitar <laughs> as a child, and yeah. apparently played it so badly that it was for that reason alone it was forbidden in the house. So no yeah. guitars allowed in my house. Guitar trauma. It was no yeah. So um, not to put your mom on blast, but she sounds like a little bit musically repressive. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> she's, she has she's she's opened up a little bit. As okay, she's, cool. As she's aged. But, she's um, been known to express opinions. Yeah. yeah, she has been known to express <laughs> the odd opinion here. Yeah, um, however, uh, so so at the begin to begin with, I, I was checking out all this stuff, yeah. and actually I was checking it out on the cello. I was learning to play all oh, these yeah, different yeah. kinds of you know chords uh, on the cello and. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes putting it over my knee like this and pretending it was a guitar. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Until eventually I was able I was able to borrow a guitar from my cousin for a little while, a nylon string, and he taught he taught me the three chords that you need to know. And uh, I, I was away, yeah, <laughs> into the guitar. I, I saved up money from um, selling mostly rabbit skins and, and um, collecting empty aluminium cans for my first electric guitar. So. Rabbit skins and cans. Yeah, rabbit skins yeah. and cans. Yeah. How it many? Get much more hillbilly than ha- that. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like some regional. <laughs> Could have been possums, or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is, That's a bad okay. Thing. Is the reason you were selling rabbit skins is because y'all are trying to get rid of rabbits in Australia? That's yeah, and like you, for them. That's that's the excuse. Because there's yeah. too many. There are. And yeah. At time, well, you know, they're not an Australian native, so right. obviously they, yeah, they're feral and, species, and they eat the. They eat the grass, the you know the the things that the, the native animals. Yeah. So if you prove that you killed a rabbit, as yeah. like a as a teenager, yeah, you get money. You, know, you get money. How In much New money? Zealand, it was possums. Well, well, actually, no. The thing is that they used the skin, so you'd sell the skin. Okay. Yeah, the Akuba Hat Company used to make. They they would take the fur and uh, yeah. and create and make felt out, and so they make the felt the yeah. Kuba felt. Yeah, hats, you know the yeah. classic hat with the corks. Mm. So how which, which they don't do anymore, and apparently they get the the rabbit skins from, from Russia. Oh, Russia. Russia. I thought it was China. Mm. Okay. Russian rabbits. How many? So how many skins and cans did it take to get your first guitar? <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, couldn't answer that question to be to be honest. Hundreds? It would have been thousands. Hundreds. Okay. Hundreds. Maybe not not thousands, but definitely hundreds. It wasn't a very expensive guitar. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was electric guitar, and, you know. And then I, I I discovered really my first real the moment where I heard folk music and thought, wow, that's incredible, was um, in the town near where I grew up. Um, Bathurst, if anyone wants to know. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Rory McLeod. Uh, he's um, he's um, from the UK. Mm. Wonderful singer, 
could say, a multi-instrumentalist came and did a, a show in, in my hometown in the, in the pub where you know, we would hang out and mm. play pool and stuff. Mm. And it was, it, was an, it was amazing. It was such an eye-opener. It was just this moment where you just, I just thought, wow, you know, there's a guy with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica and singing and doing incredible stuff. It yeah. Mind-blowing. Yeah. It was that like a conversion moment for you? Where um, you're like, I, I guess want it to... Was, it was definitely a moment where I thought, I could get myself an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And that was pretty much, yeah, I did not that long after that. Got myself yeah. an acoustic guitar and, and from there on, you know, I gradually um, crossed over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because I've had this discussion with lots of classical musicians, mm. especially, who have come around to playing folk music of yeah. different styles or, you know, come to doing different types of music other than classical. And I mean, I guess it is similar from, you know, if you've come into an instrument from a rock and roll perspective or a jazz perspective or a bluegrass perspective or what have you. But um, back then, to my experience, there was quite a strong impression that you picked one genre and you kind of stuck with it. Yeah, that you might yeah, yeah. have a secondary interest, but that one was the one that you were taking seriously. Mm, sure. You know, that there was one yeah. that you really excelled in and I mean I guess, you know, there's some truth to that in the sense that obviously, you know, you'll find there's one thing that you really gravitate to or spend more time doing or make right. more money doing or whatever. But um, one of the things I really like that I'm seeing these days is more cellist especially because that's obviously my bias I uh, seeing more cellists playing mm. different styles yeah. and not just saying I'm only a classical cellist or I'm only a bluegrass cellist or I'm only a folk or Scottish or whatever but actually really having the breadth of experience and openness to the different styles to be able to experiment and and that sort of sums up what you guys do yeah, yeah. what y'all do <laughs> it is, is, it is it's true and it's you fun. play many different Mm. traditions mm. yeah 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 we we generally like playing with musicians and we like listening to music and when something catches our ear we try mm. to we try it's to play. hard not to get into it yeah and, and um yeah that's y'all go through like phases of like yep. yes absolutely like, you know, are I'll, you I'll, currently I'll, in I'll, one? I'll find a tune and then and then um you know i can't stop playing it for yeah for weeks weeks it's just uh and it's great, and it just just feels so wonderful to, to play these beautiful tunes that you just that you yeah you just discover and, and yeah. And it's funny how sometimes you'll play a tune from a particular place, and you feel like it's music that you've been waiting for all your life. You know, mm. like when you play Scottish music, and you feel like, oh yeah, okay, this must be my Scottish blood kicking in because I'm mm. sure that I you know must know this. And you you know, and then you hear Scandinavian music, and I didn't know any Scandinavian music until a few years ago. And then of course you're just like, oh, where did this come from? This is amazing stuff. Yeah. Like these mm. harmonies and everything are just you know, and it's great when you come across a new tune or a new style or something like mm. that that does that that opens another little window of musical possibilities. It's interesting though. I mean, there are, there are so much of the music though to, when I think about it, um, it, it has, they do have uh, in some ways geographical connections as well you know so yeah. a lot of the Scandinavian stuff is obviously you know there's interconnection between um, Scandinavia and the countries up there and and the Scotland and yeah. and the, the British Isles and then which of course then got traveled across to to America and yeah. Australia as well and possibly even New Zealand Mm. And we're not we you know we didn't put any on the on the list for today, but I mean, 
you know, we've just been playing around the country mm. a few songs that are, you know, klezmer, yeah. have klezmer roots yeah. or Russian roots or, you know, and so there's, as you say, a lot of these tendrils going back on this, mm. like, DNA where you're just kind of... <laughs> you don't hear a lot of Celtic influence in the, in this, in the um, Eastern European... No. And, and, and right. This no. is up, but you can hear much more of the Eastern sort of influence, of course, yeah. there in some yeah. And that's kind of, I think, maybe what the Scandinavian, why the Scandinavian is so interesting, because you can, to my ears, and it's, you know, maybe just a, an, an oral illusion, but you can almost hear that Celtic mashing up with some of those Eastern European mm. tonalities, which is interesting. I mean, we haven't, we haven't done any Asian music or anything no. like that, but I'm sure it'll happen. We've done a little bit of Indian. Well, I've been trying to figure out, like, what is it that, what is the sort of traditional music scene in Australia, you know, like what do people do, like what does Australia specifically have to offer? And it's been a little bit difficult to pin down because in the States, it there are so many people that, and and it's so dense, in, in, especially on the coasts, mm -hmm. that um, people can kind of afford to get extremely narrow super specialized and very yeah. specialized and yeah and they just do one thing yeah. you know um i mean all-time music is a great example most all-time music musicians i know just play all time and i'm more or less that that applies to me um but i uh, i was at dorgo like you all were mm. as well mm -hmm. and uh i was in the caravan when there was <laughs> a scandinavian um you know swedish norwegian and Greek and Canadian mm. and Métis, you know, like yeah. jam going yeah. on. Yeah, I think they played. There might have been a Swiss and an Italian guy in there as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they crashed it. Yeah, there is, there is everything in there, mm. and um, it seemed, it seemed like I don't think everyone there was from Australia, but it seems like because of um, because of the resources, I feel like Aust like the, the 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 limits of density and like. It seems like Australians have to be able to be able to play a lot of things sometimes. And I, I feel like I've seen a lot more um, flexibility mm -hmm. and um, right. open-mindedness, mm -hmm. you know, from Australians. Because I think it's also about trying to make a living out of it, you know. It's yeah. Like, and I think that's probably <laughs> possibly the, the point most of all is that and to be if, you're, if you're wanting to try it. to... Yeah. to um, make some kind of living out of it, then you do have to be flexible. We don't yeah. have the population, yeah. I guess, that that you that you do in the states and um you know so so yeah you you yeah. might you might like we rachel and i we've, we've got our duo that we do which is like a mixture of various styles i guess you could say folk musics um but we also play with a scottish fiddle trio which is mm. which is an, another thing altogether which is absolutely wonderful i absolutely love doing that the as well Catherine you know, fraser trio, Catherine fraser trio yeah <laughs> um you know and and that's it and we'll do I think Rachel will will do some work with symphony orchestras here and there and yeah. Yeah. so on and so forth and so yeah we do we do mix stuff up but it's all really about sort of going it's all about saying yes basically yeah, yeah <laughs> you yes, have to be I'll able to say yes yeah <laughs> I can do that whatever yep. it is yeah. yes I can let, let me go, go home yeah. and look on YouTube yeah <laughs> some lessons <laughs> yeah that's really cool yeah I really but admire it, that it's also a social thing as well yeah. is that again as you're saying with not social density it's yeah. a case of you know if you turn up in Boston or if you turn up in LA or something like that and go right I want to go find an old-time yeah. jam night that focuses on this type of music. You can probably do it. Whereas in Australia, you might 
you might not find that once a year. Exactly. It's kind of almost the reverse. Exactly. Like instead of saying, "Here's the thing that I want to do," like the style that I want yeah. to do, where can I do it? You kind of have to go, "What's available? Where I am? Can I do that thing?" Yeah. So that I can participate. And so, you know, you do just you if you want to play with other musicians, you have to have a willingness to mm. play what they play or yeah. teach yeah. them what you like playing and. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. also, I mean, and, and of course, I think last but not least of all <laughs> is that there just, there's just so much fantastic yeah. music out there of all genres and, you know, you just hear that stuff and you just go, oh, God, I just want to learn yeah. to play that or yeah. to mm. play like that, you know, and, and it's, um, it's, I think that's another huge motivation to get into playing different styles of music, I find. You do notice certain things going around, like the plague, and it will happen, that like there'll be a huge kind of... Uh, it, suddenly everybody's learning these tunes by this mm. band or by this yeah. person, and suddenly mm. every session, whether it's like, you know, I remember people saying, oh, this started off as a... Or whatever and now it's now it's all scandy music and i don't know these scandy tunes and it's like well you will by next year if yeah. you want to join in yeah and it's that kind of thing of you know and and then there's the same thing with certain tunes that people learn from another band and all of a sudden everyone's yeah. learning those it's yeah, it's a lot fun. more socially viral in mm. a way the way yeah. that it gets spread here mm. Mm. Anyway. one could say that mm. socially viral catch my disease <laughs> yeah Go play this big side. Let's have a get you back to my comfort zone here. How are we? Yeah, the tuning is it? Is that right? I think that's Sounds right. Sounds good to me. Close enough for all time. It's good enough for uh, <laughs> good enough for jazz. Is what we used yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna kick this one off? I think I've been kicking off quite a few. Those Remind me how it goes. This one, this tune, um, first when I first heard this tune, if I might just say this, um, it was the Russ Barenberg and uh, Edgar Meyer, hmm. Bella Fleck and um, Sam Bush. And, you know, I just loved that version. I just absolutely loved it. And that, that they sit on the G there for, for quite a while in the beginning of it. So mm -hmm. let's hey. try that. <laughs> That'll be. <laughs> Thank you. 
say. Yes, yeah. it's a good one, that one. <laughs> always loved that tune, and probably always will. It's so nice. <laughs> so that one and the Cherokee, Cherokee Ridge. Those ones, those are some of the first ones that I learned a mandolin mm. too. So I think, I, you, I think it was, oh yeah, right, yeah. Cherokee Ridge, not Cherokee Shuffle. Oh, Cherokee, Cherokee Shuffle. Shuffle. Yeah, Cherokee Shuffle. Yeah. 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 Right. Cherokee Shuffle. Thinking of Jerusalem Ridge? That's the one. Probably. Yeah. There is a Cherokee Ridge as well. There is, there is one? There is a Cherokee Ridge, yeah. Excuse me. There's, 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 there's everything. There's, yeah. there's probably a Jerusalem Cherokee too. There's probably so, a yeah. Jerusalem Shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah. So, uh, Rachel and Trent, we have one tune left, but before we play that, um, how do people keep up with all everything that you do, and is there a way for people to buy your music? Book of Faces is it's probably the best way mm, at the moment. It's right. good. We, we struggle to keep up with everything that we do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Two Band mm. page on Facebook. Yeah, we Facebook. Two that's, that's, yeah. Kind of, that's mainly what we... Yeah. used to uh, reach the outer world yep. these and days. If it looks like me and Trent, then it's us. And if it looks mm. like five Canadian dudes, then it's another band mm. called Turf Passy, gotcha. which is five Canadian yes. dudes. Yeah, I'm but sure there's five of them? I, I believe it is, yes. It takes five, five of them. Yeah, two of <laughs> us. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, drag them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy. Easy. <laughs> I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine they would be. We figured there was enough space on the planet for two bands. Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um, funny. We 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 had we knew some other people who were who they had. They've got a band called um, the Safety, Safety of Life, of Life at, at Sea, and and they're quite. You know, they're a duo. We we played at a couple of the same festivals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're. They're a husband and, and wife duo with a small yeah, son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, oh. Um, and, um, you know, we had, to, we had to move away from that town. Yeah, <laughs> we had to leave. We had to distance ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. That's it. That's, that's how it all came to be. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so um, Facebook page Facebook. is a good thing, and we will post CDs anyway. And we will get a we will get a website one day as well. Yeah, stay tuned. Facebook works until then. Yeah, just gradually, just do one of those Google searches every month for two of Basie Australian duo, and it'll eventually pop up. You can even search for our names. We, you know, I do appear on on uh, Google. Yeah, I bought one of those instant website builder packs, but nothing's oh, yeah. happened yet. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> sits there. It's not really soak it in water or something. Or yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I, just, I pour a teaspoon of sugar into my computer every day and yeah. it still just sits there. Anyway. I, I've actually got, I do have a website on my own. Oh yeah? Mm. I Let's do. plug Trent's website. But I don't, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very bad at keeping it up to date. So it's, uh, it is, um, I think it's, I'm pretty sure, I forget the name of it. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> trentark.com. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. right. www.trentark.com. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. you know. Knock yourselves out. Um, oh, so yeah, quick anecdote about about this tune. So um, oh, yes. <laughs> I used to be in a band with uh, uh, Peter Oswald back when we lived in the same city, and uh, that's one of the main things that I miss about living in Philadelphia. But um, I remember, so we ha were in, uh, we did like a neo trad competition at Clifftop with him and Bach uh, Bowie, and um, we played this really silly version of Farewell Tryon, and then he. I remember him telling me that he took it to some Vermont string arranging <laughs> camp and we just found out that uh, you were there. I was there. And that's how you learned that's this tune. That's how I learned this tune. And now I'm here <laughs> playing it with you. That is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah. It's gone around I think Rachel yeah. was there and I guess at the time I think I was back in Australia. and um, It's funny, the first tune we played, I, the one he wrote, mm. I took that 
to that same Vermont workshop, and the we played that there. So the, Peter, if the, he's listening, so he know, will know oh that too. So he learned that too. Will recognise that but as well. Yeah. No, so <laughs> I, and then I was, I you know, I think I discovered farewell to uh, we call it farewell to Trion. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, and I discovered it about the same time by pure coincidence, um, and I was listening to it, and Rachel came back. Oh, that's farewell to Trion. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it's all sort of came together like that in a funny sort of way. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just such a pretty tune. Mm. I think when um, when our little boy Enki was born and he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks uh, before he came home and we would go in with our mandolins oh, and, yeah. you know, it was one of the tunes that I was playing to him a lot. Was a oh, high rotation, yeah. yeah. And we had, a, like, we had a lot of tunes that fitted in with the beeps of the machine in the ward that he was yeah. in because he was <laughs> in a newborn unit and there were all these beep, beep, beep. And so we'd be kind of trying to play with the beeps to pretend it was just all part of the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, the you guys are cool parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really right. We did, we did play that. That's yeah, Joe the Rigger a lot. Anyway, but yeah, Phil yeah. with So it's one of those ones that I just... It's a beautiful tune. Yeah.
you're in the Sydney area, Two If By Sea are playing at Yuli's on December 12th. You should definitely come, and if you play Bluegrass or Old Time, come early at 6pm and join the jam. And everyone should make sure to like and follow Two If By Sea on Facebook. I included a link to their page and Trent's website in the show notes in this episode's post. Get Up in the Cool is funded primarily by you, the listeners. If you haven't signed up to support the show, visit getupinthecool.com and click the button that says Patreon. Then choose a support level that works for you and get its corresponding reward. Throw in a little and I'll give you an on-air shout-out. Throw in a little more and you could get access to the bonus track blog where I post the extra tune that my guests and I play for every episode, including this one. At higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop or download the whole Get Up In The Cool tune archive, featuring every tune and song ever played on the show, including the bonus tracks, tagged and separated from the dialogue for your listening convenience. I also offer the show's exclusive bonus content in bulk at a discount. Just go to getupinthecool.com and click the link that says store, then choose a support level that works for you. To those of you who are unable to support Get Up In The Cool financially, please spread the show around to people who might. Just follow my personal account on Instagram and like and follow Get Up In The Cool's Facebook page and Twitter and share those videos and links. Another great way to support the show is to purchase a telegram if you'd like me to read a message on air for another listener of the show. Or choose the promotional option and I'll read ad copy for your business, festival, or crowdfunding campaign. Which reminds me, thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Elderly Instruments. You can visit their online store at elderly.com. You can contact me at getupinthecool at gmail.com or just click the contact button at getupinthecool.com. Drop a line, ask a question, or, you know, hire me to come play your festival or teach at your trad music camp. Also at getupinthecool.com are links to my albums, including Get Up In The Cool, Volumes 1 and 2, the best of 2016 and 2017 compilation albums. I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. This week we began Season 7, which will be a long one because we're listening to and reviewing all of Slayer's albums in chronological order. We're going to talk about Satanism, performative evil, and Miltonian theology, and whether or not metal is folk music. So if that sounds interesting to you, subscribe to the show wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you're having trouble finding or remembering anything I mentioned in this outro, it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up In The Cool Facebook page and group. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up In The Cool. <laughs>